Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. We'll just start it all out. What did you say? Today I said today I think we should do like a bunch of searching. You got to remind me here. I don't know what we're talking What are we talking about? So I found out that Billy might have a daughter. <laughs> Austin and I are in the studio discussing the possibility that Billy Balls had a daughter named Amanda. The only the reason why Amanda holds such importance is because everyone else who might be able to actually shed light on like governmental things like his death certificate, they're all dead. Amanda may be the only one who can access Billy's records, but we're also just curious about her. According to my mom, when she was two and a half, Amanda was sent to live with Lynn Todd's mother. We think Amanda's mom was Lynn Todd, Billy's girlfriend before my mom. And I guess after they broke up, the family took Amanda back to Washington State. What does she know about her father? They've told her a story of him that is going to be different than the story that we've already heard. Yeah. So it's also totally possible that there's a person out there for whom Billy is just as folkloric as he is for me. What? Yeah, you two have the same relationship to Billy, basically. Or not totally she, the same. He's her father, but like, <laughs> besides that part. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. <laughs> well, and also if you lost a parent who was such a larger-than-life character, like if Billy was a legend in my life and he's not my father, what is he going to be in her life? We'll never know. Unless we find her. Obituaries are a a really great source of information because they often list family members. My mom had told us that Lynn Todd, Amanda's mother, had passed away. If there's an obituary for Lynn Todd, they might list her daughter. Birth of daughter, Loris. Birth of son, birth of daughter. We're not seeing any Amandas yet. It was actually a lot harder than we thought it was going to be. No, no, that's that's the grandmother. Wait, but does it say? But finally, we found a name. Five, there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is. Amanda. Holy shit. Yes. 
Oh my God, fucking Google her right now. <laughs> I don't know. You want to, let's just oh take a break. Oh my God, you're killing me. One public record. Wait, up at the top. One public record. Lived in New York and Washington. We fucking found her. 43 years Is old in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Oh, shit. There's a phone number. Oh Are you God. ready to to call her today, you think? Yep, 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 yep. Or at least call the number that we have. Okay, my palms are sweating. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Amanda. Is not available. Hi there. Um, my name is Io Wright, and I am looking for uh, the daughter of Lynn Todd. Um, and I'm <laughs> wondering if that's you. I know this is probably a very insane phone call to get. Um, I am, I guess, connected to your family and um, have <laughs> would love to tell you what I'm looking for and, and trying to track down. But again, my name is Io and I would very much love um, to talk to you if you have a minute. That would be fantastic. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. So now it's this thing where we get, it's like I just have to, my phone's going to ring and I'm a fucking heart attack. Okay. All right. Okay. And then, just as we were about to leave the studio for the day, I just got a text from Amanda. <laughs> hey, got your message. Didn't quite understand your name and what you're looking for. That's it? That's it. Okay. I'm going to write her back. Yeah. Hey, my name is Io Tillett Wright. I'm hoping that you're the Amanda. This time, I asked if she knew a William Heitzman. Okay. <laughs> my headphones are backwards. I'm standing up. I'm jumping around. Amanda just texted me. Holy fucking shit. Okay, she says, hey, Io. Yes, Billy is my father. Oh, my God. Ugh. Oh, my God. Do you or your mom have any photos of him? Girl, I have got photos for you. I'm trying to arrange Sunday or Monday for a meeting. Yes. I see Io up ahead. What? How'd it go? What happened? <laughs> wow. It definitely went well. Amanda, she's very dry and very funny and very unaffected and, like, not at all woe is me. So, did you ask her about her birth certificate, if he's on it? She's seen her birth certificate. He's on it. Oh, my God. Amazing. She's like, I'll help you with anything you need. Oh. So. Io. Amanda's life is wild. I feel as though I found, like, a pseudo-sibling. Today on the show, Billy's daughter. From Crime Town, I'm Io Tillett Wright, and this is The Ballad of Billy Balls. I do remember vaguely a kid at one point. Yeah, yeah, she was a sweet little girl. Yeah, whatever happened to her? She was the daughter of Lynn Todd, and Billy's the legal father. Did they tell you her name when they first told you yes, about sure. her? Yes, sure. 
Amanda. Chapter 6, Amanda. Is it recording now? Yeah. So I just record it. It's, you can see the, the waveforms a little bit popping up. Amanda was nervous about being recorded, but ultimately decided to share her story. Unfortunately, I was across the country at the time, so Amanda sat down with Austin. And I can hear my voice in here. Yeah, if you want. Yeah, okay. you can put those on and hear okay. your voice. To preserve her privacy, we won't be using her last name. Thank you. I guess we could just start with, like, who, who is your dad? Who was my dad? My father, William John Heitzman. He had a stage name, Billy Balls. <laughs> He's a musician. He played piano. He played every instrument. He, my mother, was also a musician and a singer, and they worked together on a lot of things. Who was your mother? Lynn Todd. Amanda says her mom came to New York City in 1969, when she was in her mid-teens, to pursue a music career. Almost as soon as she arrived, she crossed paths with Billy. She said she met my dad on the corner. I'm not sure exactly what street they met on, but the Lower East Side. I think she was standing there or something waiting to cross the street, and he came up to her. And he asked her if she knew how to fix a microphone, because I guess she looked rock and roll. She ended up saying she knew how to do it and that she was she sang... And I, I think that that's kind of how they <laughs> ended up getting involved with one another. It sounds so cheesy. She was like 15 when she met him. I know, really young. And he was nine years older, so that was pretty crazy to me. <laughs> Billy and Lynn began to make music together. This is a recording of one of their rehearsals. My baby whispers in my ear. She had a low voice. And there was kind of a sadness and a darkness to that voice and that style, which I think she had a lot in her. I think they got involved with one another pretty quickly. Um... And then five years later, I was born. My mother was still very young when she had me, 20. You know, she would tell me that my dad and her really did love each other and that I really was born from real love that they had for one another. So that's like what would make me strong enough to to survive life, I guess. remember a bit of them, of the music. I, re, I, I have visuals of, of studios and stuff and singing and people and, and microphones. My mother said I always slept in a guitar case. I never had a bed. But I do remember being around music and them and music and music, like a lot of it. Amanda says her memories of her dad 
are just images and fragments. I have memories of him painting his nails black and white and him painting my nails black and white. He used to do this Miss Mary Mack rhyme. We would do that together. I remember there was no bathtub, so we would have to, he would have to shower with me, and that's how he'd have to wash me. I mean, I just remember these ideas of things. I don't really remember. I remember, like, a lot of uh, cords, like, everywhere, black cords on the floor. <laughs> like, tripping over things and playing with things and touching things. And drugs. But I didn't know that it was bad what they were doing. So it was just like they were smoking cigarettes like other people's parents did. I mean, I could just jump in and tell you exactly what I remember of him. This is Gita Gash. In the mid-70s, she was making music, going to shows, and hanging out downtown. She was a friend of Billy's. I met him in uh, 1976. I was always going to clubs, Max's Kansas City and CBGB's, mostly Max's because I lived around the corner. I don't know how I met him, but somehow I met him and we hooked up. I must have like gone home with him or him with me. We were like hanging out together, fooling around, having sex, whatever. And he had a phone call. He's like, oh, you know, be quiet. You know, don't say anything. Like, why? Well, it was pretty obvious that he was talking to a wife and or girlfriend who turned out to be Lynn Todd. Eventually, Gita got to know the whole family. I went to visit him at his apartment on the Lower East Side, which he shared with Lynn and the baby, which turned out to be Amanda, <laughs> who we called the Bean. Beanie was her nickname. Um, really, really cute little blonde little toddler. And Lynn, who was a really cool lady, and she and I like hit it off like right away. Billy tried to put a band together Here we go. with Lynn singing and myself and Animal X. They wanted to do the three-girl harmony thing. And him, like, banging on the piano, you know, like a maniac, in, like, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis-style black pleated pants with suspenders, no shirt, and wild, wild as a motherfucker, and playing, like, Jerry Lee Lewis-style stomping, romping piano. Like, one minute we're singing, like, this beautiful harmony, or trying, but so high that God knows what it sounded like, you know? <laughs> See, there's things uh, up that, that concern the baby that I don't want her 
to learn of and I don't want to hurt any feelings, you know, but there was a situation there where you had like irresponsible active drug addicts that should not have been parenting a child. Billy was a mad speed freak. I mean, to the point of like bouncing off the damn walls. They did a lot of disoxin. They had shitloads of that little yellow pill. I remember them breaking it up, you know, and him just chomping on them constantly. Like you'd be chewing on like Tic Tacs. Never fucking slept except maybe like crash out for a couple hours in the afternoon. You know, I'm talking like never fucking sleeping. In the bars, after hours, sun comes up, still going, still going, you know, just crazy. You ain't saying a fucking thing. I'm you, you know what I mean? Go on, just shut up. You're gonna be up that long. Fucking mouth. They would fight over anything. It was, could have been money. It could have been babysitting. That was the norm between them. A lot of screaming, whatever. You know, where we're equidistant from the mic. Like we had some fucking sense, so we're all going into it equal. You know what I mean? No, we're still not equidistant. Drugs, it makes it really hard to have a functioning relationship, I think. They were both strong-headed. <laughs> so I don't think that was the best match. And I'm sure a toddler in that mix isn't, isn't easy. And I do remember they would fight. Was he violent with her? You know, see, again, I don't, re I don't remember her saying anything, but I also don't think she wants me to see him that way if anything did happen. So she never told me anything. I don't have any memory of her telling me that he was physically violent with her ever. You know, it could be because it's true. You know, I don't have any reason to believe it's not. It's not like I have memories of him being physically violent with me. But, you know, he did a lot of drugs, and people are unpredictable when that stuff happens. If you're agitated or pushed far enough, who knows what could happen. I have a very clear memory of being in the apartment at sunrise with Lynn and the baby, and Billy just attacking the two of us. And I remember he, he he took a fork and he stabbed me in the face with a fork. I had like a, you know, like a, the four prong holes in my chin. Uh, oh my God, he was just like beating the shit out of everybody. We we're afraid for the baby and screaming. I remember screaming out the window and some guy, he just like flew up the fire escape, jumped into the apartment and started like beating the shit out of Billy. And then Billy ran out like a chicken out the window, down the fire escape. Yeah, shit like that. Crazy shit used to happen all the time. Just a note, we tried to verify this story with other people, and we weren't able to. Did you like Billy? I did. I loved him. I mean, he was great. He, I, I loved him a lot. 
his soul was <clears throat> warm, funny, creative, loving. Um, but, you know, also it's like loving a mad dog. You know, you have to be cautious and, you know, when they're calm and sweet, they're wonderful, but then they can turn around and rip you to shreds or, you know, but that was mainly the drug taking that, you know, methamphetamine. I mean, that's like heavy. And when you're doing it 24 seven day in, day out, week after week, month after month, your brain goes like you become psychotic. You know, his relationship with Lynn was deteriorating because of the drug use. And Gita says that Amanda would often be caught between Billy and Lynn. To the point of like Lynn going to CBGBs with me to hang out and Billy showing up dragging Amanda like a, a toddler, two-year-old saying, here, take your kid because he was jealous of Lynn hanging out with other people. And Lynn, she had been faithful to Billy for so long, and then she just went hog wild, you know, and she was fucking around on him. And their relationship just hit the skids. And then she got into heroin, as we all did. She used heroin, so she was a heavy drug user. You know, obviously it was definitely not good when I was young with her because she would forget to take care of me a lot and give me basic needs. I think she would forget about me and, like, put me places, I guess, and either pass out or leave. I was like, keys. It's like she lost me somewhere. <laughs> and then she had to retrace her steps to get back to me. She forgot I was there or I existed. I'm not going to say they were neglectful, but they were not the best parents. Eventually, he took Amanda and sent her to Lynn's mother's house. My mother told me that my father was taking care of me because she'd been bitten by a spider and was in the hospital with a really bad infection. His version was, I think, more that he didn't know where my—well, this is what he told my grandmother. He didn't know where my mother was, that she just left me with him. And that he couldn't take care of me anymore. And if she didn't come get me, he, he was going to sell me on the black market. But he, she said, she always told me he said that. But he, if he said that, I, I don't believe it was like, he was saying it to get her to come because he knew he couldn't take care of me. It wasn't something that he was going to do. So she flew to JFK and my dad brought me there. And it was November. I remember having this, like, furry jacket on that was, like, a pinkish white. And all my clothes were too small. My grandmother said I was wearing clothes that were sent to me two years before. He had cowboy boots, I guess, on me that she said the heel were cut out of to make them fit me. And I was dirty. He just handed me over. It was such a difficult exchange, if you will, at the airport <laughs> that she couldn't even, she could barely look at him. She was so disgusted by him. You know, he was so worried about himself and doing his thing. And she said, I had a, a bottle and I was, you know, like four years old. And she's like, you're way too old for this. And she said, she threw it in the garbage and she said, bye bottle. And I said, bye. <laughs> 
I guess I was waiting for somebody to like pay attention to me and realize that the bottle had seen better days. She said the milk was spoiled inside, but see, she, I don't know. She, she sets scenes <laughs> a little bit, a little embellishments. Everybody's point of view is very different, so it is hard to know what the truth is. Amanda says when she was four, she moved in with her grandmother in Seattle. But it took her a long time to recover from her life in New York. I ended up being sick after that for a while because I was neglected and not cared for properly. I'd have my tonsils taken out and I had tubes put in my ears. I was 60% deaf when she got me because I wasn't really cleaned properly, I don't think. So there was a lot of neglect uh, that she had to deal with. Did he keep in touch? Not that I know of. My mother did, but, you know, my mom, like, I think my mom came to or whatever the, the situation with her ended up being, and she was like, what the fuck did you do with Amanda? But I think that both my mother and father pretty quickly realized how much easier life was without a toddler, you know, without me. I'm just curious about your relationship with Amanda. Did you have one with her after she left the city? No. Um, she got sent to her mother's, Lynn's mother, which I thought was a godsend. And it's around this time that Billy met my mom, Rebecca. It's funny. Rebecca, in a lot of ways, reminded me of Lynn. She was very similar in stature, very tall, similar facial features. And they seemed to be crazy in love. And that I was very happy for him. And he became a different person. He was a lot lighter. Why, why do you say that? Oh, they were very affectionate in public to each other. Meaning, you know, they're physically, and you could tell that she loved him and was very enamored by him. And he was like, so happy to have a hot chick, you know, and just, they were both like bubbly and it it was, they were great together. They were great together. I remained friends with Lynn and, um, I'd heard that that he had gotten shot and that he was in the hospital. And then right after that, she called me and told me that he died and that he was assassinated while in the hospital, that his death was actually a murder. It was on the last day of first grade. And I was living with my grandmother, and she picked me up from daycare, and then she brought me home. And she took me in the den and told me to sit down because she had something important to tell me. She said, your father was in a store, like a bodega or a corner store, and there were robbers, and the um, police were called and they shot at the robbers, and your your father was caught in the crossfire in between and was, was killed. And I remember looking at her, and um, 
I remember thinking, um, she doesn't want me to feel sad about this. And if I feel sad about this, it's going to make her sad. So, uh, <laughs> and I remember getting up and then going and looking outside and it was Seattle, so it was raining. And I looked outside and I remember looking at they had a long driveway in front of their place and it was raining and it was black and it was dark and it looked like it almost looked like patent leather and I remember just staring at it and she's like Amanda if you want to cry it's okay to cry and she was always like telling me all the feelings that it was okay to have that I didn't have any interest in having so I said I haven't seen him in a long time and he's not in my life so it doesn't matter right and so, like, I think that made her sad. <laughs> so, um, oh, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's my memory of it. I just, always wondered, I always kind of didn't believe, and maybe it was a mistake and they had the wrong person. My mom told me the version, you know, about what she knew when I was like 11 or so, 12. So it's like I understood from then on what really happened. That's coming up after the break. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. When I was younger, I used to think about it all the time. I used to think about my father all the time. When Amanda was seven years old, she learned that her dad had died. Her grandmother told her that he had been in the wrong place at the wrong time and was shot. When Amanda was 11 or 12, her mom told her what she thought really happened. So what she told me was that um, there was an undercover cop and he... I believe, kind of had a known drinking problem. And he seemed to have this certain obsession with my father. You know, my mom made it sound more like 
it was uh, because my dad was so cool. <laughs> he, was, he was obsessed with him because he saw my dad's lifestyle and was a little bit jealous. My mother told me that he thought my father was a, a drug dealer and that he was selling big drugs. Big drugs like what? Well, like speed or heroin, like drugs like that. I think maybe he was involved in selling like a little bit of weed here and there. That's what she would kind of say, but this cop thought that he was more involved in something bigger than he actually was. From what I understand, he was drunk, and he went over to where my father was living, pushed his way in, and they got physical with one another, and then this guy ended up shooting him. So that's uh, what I've been told. Amanda grew up without her father, but the memory of him haunted her. She never forgot him. And I used to, you know, like, I would do things because I would think he was there. I would leave MTV on in my room when I'd go to school so he could watch that just in case he was in my room. All day, all night. <laughs> when I was a kid, I thought that. He should have MTV to watch. Music television. You know, and I just, I thought about him all the time. I, I, every day I thought about him. I was playing with Lynn. We were, we had hooked up to play and we did some gigs. This is Gregor LaRock, who you met in a previous episode. In the early 90s, he was performing with Lynn Todd in New York. Well, Lynn at this time, I think she hadn't seen Amanda for a long time. And I think she said, well, she's going to be coming. And she wanted to meet her. So she was looking for a good place to get together. So would it be all right for her to come to my place? Gregor says that Lynn and Amanda reconnected at his apartment in the East Village. It was great. I mean, she was older, and um, it was just like a nice meeting. I don't remember anything weird or, you know, it was just like amazing to see her as a kid, as a little child, and then see her as a grown-up again. And, he says, Amanda asked about Billy. I think she, I think she might have been, you know, trying to get information or find out about him. I, I just always felt like the people that knew him when I talked to him and asked about my dad, like, I don't know, like, if they knew stuff that made them feel like they were implicating themselves. Anybody I met over the years growing up that knew my father that I was, like, so excited about meeting, they kind of all responded in a similar way, just complimentary of him and said how musically talented he was. He was funny, how smart he was, you know, stylish. He was a genius. Like, you know, same things my mom would say to me. What what happened with your mom? She, like, how did this all end for her? She she died. She never got clean. She was never able to get clean. Lynn's old friend, Gita Gash, says that toward the end, she and Lynn had a falling out. And Lynn and I were 
best of friends, although our relationship went to shit because of drugs and she got really crazy at the end of her life. Just became a very angry, kind of nasty person. Burnt a lot of bridges and she suffered some brain aneurysm or something. And She had a brain aneurysm and then died pretty quickly after that. I was estranged from my mother at that time. And I was getting ready to start talking to her again, too. But it was always a lot, so I had to take a time out. And um, my my grandmother said she hadn't heard from my mother, and she was getting worried. And I'm like, she's fine. I never believed she wasn't fine because she'd been through so much that I really kind of started to think she was never going to die and nothing was going to happen. She always survived it. Lynn Todd died on December 1st, 2010. I don't know. I think about her a lot, too, especially with my daughter. And I think she would have really liked my daughter. Amanda's daughter is two years old now. I talk to my kid about their grandparents, and I show them pictures and all of that. And... My kid talks about their grandparents and gets excited, even though she's so young. So it's, you know, she knows. I feel like she understands, like, who they are. But it's not something I talk about all the time. But when she does think about Grandpa Billy, Amanda imagines that he's retired and living where retired people live. My dad would probably be in Florida. (laughs) I could see him down there, living it up. (laughs) I think he'd be tan, definitely. (laughs) Um, It looked like he might be balding, so he might not have a lot of hair going on, which I think would have really upset him. But I think he would have made peace with it by now. You know, like he's in his 70s. He's like, that ship sailed. So he's got, he's bald, cleanly bald. Yep, shaved. Nice tan, probably like a little s- a stomach going on. He probably would still be into kind of dressing cool, you know, like a fitted pant maybe, and he would keep it looser uptown, you know, like a vacation style shirt, you know, like a Hawaiian print or something loose fitting. I feel like he would probably still smoke, and then he would be down there like in a retirement community. playying music he would play like local events (laughs) in Florida who knows what he could have done and it's you know even in my mind I think that if he would have turned things around it probably would have influenced my mom to do the same maybe she would have been like you know if he can do it I can do it He would have, like, come back into my life, and we would have reconnected. But that might just be a movie ending. (laughs) You know, I've always thought about it. I I do want to, you know, I've always wanted to know 
Amanda still wonders what the truth is about what happened to her dad. Because it's always been a shady kind of strange story. And always something that seemed very off and didn't feel ever finished. Next week, Amanda helps us track down some pieces of paper. It's kind of shocking, right? Is um, your heart beating? Because mine was when I was reading yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm like shaking right now. Yeah. Ah. It's pretty, pretty fucking crazy. Crime Town is Zach Stewart Pontier and Mark Smerling. The Ballad of Billy Balls is hosted by me, Io Tillit Wright, and made in partnership with Cadence 13. You can find me on the internet. I'm Io Loves You on Everything. Say hello. And if you want to know more about my story, you should pick up my memoir, Darling Days. We also want to hear from you. We have a voicemail set up for you to call us. This is Allison. This podcast is bananas. Thanks, Allison. If there's somebody Billy reminds you of, or you have a theory on what could have happened, or if you can make me laugh, call and leave us a voicemail at 570-392-9660. A giggle will get you some stickers. You can also get into our discussion forum on our website, theballadofbillyballs.com. The show is produced by me, Kevin Shepard, and Ryan Swikert. Our senior producer is Austin Mitchell. Editing by Zach Stewart-Pontier and Mark Smerling. Fact-checking by Jennifer Blackman. This episode was mixed and sound designed by Kenny Kusiak. Music was by Kenny Kusiak. The guy does a lot. Our title track is Dark Allies by Light Asylum. Archival research by Brennan Reese. Thanks, as always, to Daniela Araya, Rachel Lee Wright, Emily Wiedemann, Green Card Pictures, Alessandro Santoro, Bill Clegg, Ben Davis, Oren Rosenbaum, and the team at Cadence 13. And of course, my mom, without whom none of this would be possible. Thanks, Mom. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. 
From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.